This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, a rainy Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart, 61 degrees right now with light rain in Chicago, going up to 69 today. Periods of clouds and rain as the afternoon rolls on. The complete forecast from AccuWeather coming up in just a couple of minutes. The market's kind of gloomy today as well. They're down. Let's get the latest on trading from Bloomberg. And Ann Cates. Rob, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 269 points, the Nasdaq off 83, the S&P 500 down 29. Higher oil prices are bolstering speculation that interest rates will be higher for longer to prevent a flare-up in inflation. The Federal Reserve is expected to leave interest rates alone at the conclusion of its policy-making meeting tomorrow while still maintaining a hawkish stance. Analysts at City Index and Forex.com say the Fed might signal the likelihood of an additional hike before the end of the year. But new home construction has plunged more than a 11% because of high mortgage rates and low affordability. Back to you, Rob. Thanks, Ann. We'll check in with you at 1223. Disney making a massive investment in its parks and cruise businesses. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, there are some important things to look for and questions to ask when you're looking for an investment advisor. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Find him online, engagewealthgroup.com. Ed, Thank you for joining us today, and you might be a listener to the Noon Business Hour. You'll listen to the segments that we have, Ed, with you and other financial advisors, and you might think to yourself, I should get one of my own just to see uh, if I can have a a professional uh, look over my investments and make sure all my savings are uh, maximizing my savings. But what are some things, Ed, to consider when going out and looking for a financial advisor? Hey, Rob, this is a great topic and one we really embrace. And and the reason is, is because when you put your life's savings, when you put your nest egg into the hand of another individual, you want to make sure that they're the most qualified. And most importantly, they're looking out for your best interest. So when you're seeking a financial advisor, just don't let the flashy rates of return and, oh, this person makes money be your guide. Right. Money is a fit not only from a financial standpoint, but also from a personality standpoint. And you want to make sure that that individual is looking out for your best interest. And and what are, what what's like one way uh, legally to make sure that person is looking out for your best interest? Yeah, one of the things we always ask the public to do is ask if your financial advisor has a fiduciary standard. Are they held legally to a fiduciary standard, which means that they literally have to put your interest above theirs always, not from just one time or another, but always. It's a great question to ask. Not just do you have your best 
standard, right? Your your best interest at heart, but are you legally obliged obliged to hold that standard? That is a key element to these relationships. We're talking to Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Now, what about uh, uh, reaching out to a friend who is a financial advisor and then uh, paying the friend to become your financial advisor? Uh, is is that a, uh, that seems like a minefield, Ed? Yeah, we've got the privilege of having friends who have turned into clients. And so business is business and personal is personal. And we always start with that. I think one of the things to be really careful about is when you're asking somebody, if you're asking somebody for a referral, whether it be an accountant, a tax professional, your neighbor, or you know a relative, again, you want to vet these people. And one of the key questions that we always hear, one of the key things that we get back from the public is, well, I don't pay my financial advisor to do their work. I know I don't work for free and others don't work for free. So transparency in terms of how that person gets paid is another one of the key elements, Rob, to making sure that this relationship that you're entering into, again, is aligned on your side. And then what about uh, particular asset classes? Because I, I do know in discussions with uh, our family financial advisor, uh, at this point in their lives, it's like, you know, just slow and steady. You're you're on the right track. Everything's going to be okay. But what if you have somebody who's saying like, you know, let's invest in this sector. It's hot or let's go here, there and everywhere. And then the bubble pops and your savings are, are depleted or almost gone. Um, what, what, what are some red flags about uh, people who are recommending certain asset classes that may be bubbles? That's great. So if you're chasing returns and you find an advisor who's like you and chases returns, as you as so outlined, that can end poorly. So you don't want to have returns be the basis of the relationship because, as we know, the markets go up and down. I think more importantly, Rob, when we're talking about investments is what are what advice are you seeking? Are you just seeking investment advice like for your portfolios or for your 401k? Or are you seeking a more rounded Um, sort of relationship with a certified financial planner to look at all aspects of your financial life. Starting with the why and what you're looking for first is really important. So again, if it's just investment advice, you can go seek that more comprehensive on the other side. But again, Rob, don't let the returns dictate the relationship. That could be a problem. Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Disney says it will nearly double its planned investment in its parks business, one of the financial bright spots. Let's take a deeper dive with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thank you for joining us today. And last couple of months, uh, every segment about Disney has been about the suffering in the streaming and linear television businesses and also at the movie theaters, but the theme parks have been a bright spot for them. They have, although they too have had a bit of a slowdown here as well. I think there there have been a number of stories that have been written about kind of the the summer was kind of the summer where you weren't in, in mobs at Disney World, and, and I think part of that is reflection of the, the pretty aggressive price increasing that the company has done at its theme park. So, yes, it has been, you know, a bright spot, but it's been a bright spot against a lot of dark spots when it comes to Disney. So uh, it's interesting that they are going to be putting, you know, what, $60 billion into the theme parks and cruises over the next 10 years. Um, I think the stock selling off today probably as a reflection of people wondering where Disney is getting all this money from, because 
you know, 60 billion over the next 10 years. Plus, they're looking at potentially buying back the the part of Hulu that they don't own from Comcast, and that's probably going to have a price tag of north of 30 billion dollars. And then there's the constant spending for the streaming content. So I, I think again, the stock is reacting today partly to you know, the financial pressures that Disney could be facing to fund all these initiatives. Well, it seems like uh, the, the the international theme parks, the Shanghai Disneyland and the Euro Disney, uh, the overseas parks, you know, they're finally getting that uh, pent-up demand that was unleashed in Florida and California in the last two years. And you wonder how long that can be sustained. And I can tell you this, Chuck, as someone who was on a Disney cruise a couple of months ago, I wish there was a larger ship next to ours to handle all of the crowds. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, there, I mean, people, people want to go on a cruise. They want to go to the Bahamas. They want to go to Alaska. That, that, they do. And, and, and so I, I'm not suggesting that it's necessarily a bad way to go in terms of their their plan expansion of those businesses um but but it it isn't necessarily hitting wall street where the biggest concerns are and and that is really in the streaming business and what they're going to do in 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 streaming what they're going to do with their broadcasting properties and and so you know i think the thinking on wall street today is listen you guys you have a lot of financial exposure, a lot of financial needs, and you're going to be spending an awful lot of money at a time when, you know, you're probably going to have to raise, uh, you know, to borrow to do it. And you got interest rates now that are the highest levels in what, 22 years. And so it's it's more questions about the financing and, and the financial, um, you know, leverage that Disney is going to have to incur to, to do all of these initiatives. And then very quickly, Chuck, is this on a large scale, the the future of entertainment that because thanks to streaming, you can get movies from anywhere or TV shows from anywhere or music from anywhere that the the one thing that you can't get everywhere is an experience. And that is going to become a premium product, whether you're Disney or some other studio. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's really what Disney's banking on, too, is that, you know, uh, the streaming world is very, very competitive, as, as everybody is finding out. And it's tough to make a buck in that that business. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, it, it, there are much less players in, you know, the, the theme park, in the experience business. Disney has a stronghold in that business, and it sounds like they want to continue to, to further strengthen themselves in that world where there's less competition and uh, where they, they seem to, you know, have it nailed down pretty well. Uh, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Snack chip fans have a new gourmet option. Let's talk about an out-of-the-ordinary collaboration with Phil Lempert, founder of SupermarketGuru.com based in Los Angeles. Phil, thank you for joining us today. I don't know about you, Phil, but uh, when I elect to uh, house a can of Pringles. I have two thoughts. One is, uh, I hope my hand doesn't get stuck in the can. And two, boy, I could go for some caviar right now. But it seems like uh, the free market has beat me to it. Well, Rob, you know, I want to take issue with one word that you said, gourmet. I'm not sure that this is gourmet. Basically, what Pringles has done is, I think, a publicity stunt more than anything else. Uh, They've 
formed this alliance with the Caviar Company, which is a great caviar company located in San Francisco. Um, they only use caviar that's sustainable, uh, farm practices. They use aquaculture, great products. But basically what they've done is, you know, it starts at $49 and goes up to $140. There's three different options that what you have is you get a can of Pringles. Um, for the cheapest one, it's sour cream and onion chips. You get a jar of smoked trout roe, which is about the cheapest form of caviar you can get, as well as some creme fraiche. Um, so um, what you do is you go up the ladder, and then you can get uh, different caviar types, three Pringles chips, original sour cream onion, and barbecue. And to your point, I'm not sure that Pringles is the perfect addition to caviar. I know that there's a lot of fancy restaurants out there that do serve um, caviar with homemade restaurant quality potato chips, but that's not Pringles. I'm sorry. Did this start with, uh, I mean, I, I've seen a couple of places. It's a TikTok trend. It was featured on on one of the many Real Housewives shows, and it, did this begin on TikTok or did this start with the company going on to TikTok and then it took off? I think it's the company um, going and finding TikTok influencers, paying them to then do this on TikTok to try to generate some buzz. So, in fact, what they have is is they've got the foundation where they can point to TikTok and they can say, oh, look, it's a trend, you know, and we're just capitalizing on that trend. But frankly, I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm not going to pay 140 bucks for, you know, crisps and caviar flight um, from from Pringles. Yeah, I was going to say, Phil, if I'm uh, Jay Powell, the chair of the Federal Reserve, and I'm reading about the $140 crisps and caviar flight, I'm going to say interest rates are too low. Exactly. <laughs> Phil, you know, I, I, I just don't think that it makes a lot of sense for anybody. Phil Lempert, founder of SupermarketGuru.com, based in Los Angeles. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday. You may want to check airfares first before deciding on a fall trip. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. No homicides are reported during the busy Mexican Independence Day weekend in Chicago. President Biden speaks at a meeting of the United Nations. In Travel Tuesday, it may be a good time to grab a deal on a fall trip. We'll discuss strategies to make it happen. And the crayon maker Crayola getting into the flower business, WBBM business. The markets are lower. The Dow is 
is down 227 points. NASDAQ down 72. S&P 500 down 24. We have 61 degrees right now in Chicago with light rain going up to 69. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. This past weekend was one of the least violent in Chicago, even as huge crowds gathered to celebrate Mexican Independence Day. At least 22 people wounded, four critically, in shootings, but there were no homicides between 5 o'clock Friday evening and 5 o'clock Monday morning. The Sun-Times notes it was the second weekend in this city without a homicide this year. The other was during the last week of January. President Biden delivered remarks to the United Nations General Assembly this morning. He urged world leaders to remain united in supporting Ukraine against Russian aggression. More from CBS News correspondent Nancy Cordes. If any line is remembered from this speech, it's going to be one of the lines that he had about the Ukraine war, where he said, if we allow Ukraine to be carved up, uh, if we allow Ukraine to lose its independence, is the independence of any nation secure? I would say the answer is no. The invasion of Ukraine by Russia now in its 19th month. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red this afternoon. And joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist with B. Riley Financial based in New York. Art, thank you for joining us today. Is this sell-off a case of uh, some pre-Fed meeting jitters? Yeah, I certainly think that's a piece of the puzzle. While nobody expects the Fed to raise rates at this meeting tomorrow, um, it's still a coin toss as to whether or not they might do that at the November meeting. So I think we've seen the last of the rate hikes. It's uh, it's about a 65-35% chance for November um, I think we'll have a lot of data in between this meeting and the November meeting to disseminate and try to figure out if they're, they've gotten inflation heading in the right direction. But I think that the, they're restrictive enough at five and a half. I think that's going to be consensus by the time November rolls around. But we always get nervous the day before a Fed meeting. That we can always see some surprises and certainly add some volatility to the market, especially during the press conference. It seems like uh, the market's going to go on a roller coaster, uh, really trying to detect uh, a tone and from a tone, a direction uh, from Jay Powell when he speaks to reporters tomorrow. I guess uh, the markets will sell off if he just goes up to the podium uh, carrying a baseball bat like uh, Robert De Niro in, uh, in The Untouchables. Yeah, I think that the, that was the uh, Chair Jay Powell that we saw at uh, Jackson Hole a year ago in August, right? And, and, and clearly the markets did go into a tailspin then. I think Jay Powell's going to be much more measured tomorrow at his press conference. He knows they've done a lot, and he knows it takes a while for it to take effect. So uh, as they say, monetary policy has long and variable legs, and, and uh, they're aware of that. They, 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 they're at a point now where they risk doing too much and staying too long. Uh, versus doing too little. So I think they've they've gotten to a place where they can feel comfortable that they're getting close to and making significant progress towards their 2% target, and we'll likely not see any more rate hikes. But to your point, you know, they're always the market's always jittery, and the first move is usually the wrong move tomorrow. So just beware and sit back and let volatility happen. It usually takes until the day after where you really set the tone. We're talking Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist with B. Riley Financial based in New York. I want to pick uh, your brain about this piece in the Wall Street Journal from yesterday about the history of soft landings and that they are ex- the exception rather than the rule and that in the last 30 years, uh, the Fed has been able to engineer only one soft landing, and that was 1994-95, uh, trying to take some of the steam out of the recovery from the 1990 recession, itself a failed soft landing, and that the reason why it worked is that 
that the rest of the world seemed to cooperate. There were no other geopolitical crises to knock the American economy off its glide path. Yeah, I think that was very well written, and and, uh, it is notable that it's the exception, not the norm, to be able to orchestrate a soft landing, which just basically means you're able to slow the economy enough to tame inflation without causing a recession. Thus far, they've been successful. Interestingly, you know, we've had an inverted yield curve for some 15 months, and yet this recession keeps getting put out into the future. I think that the the, the basic building blocks for a soft recovery are still with us. We expect GDP growth in the third quarter to be at or about 4%. It was a little north of 2% for the first two quarters. And we still have unemployment below 4%. So the trend is our friend right now. And inflation is, in fact, heading in the right direction. So I don't think it's off the table yet, but it's, it's certainly you know, something to be cautious of because it doesn't happen very often. It's a bit of a unicorn, that uh, soft landing. Uh, how are people, uh, you know, what's the uh, kind of the, the, the feeling that people have when they're just eyeing the uh, oil markets right now? They're back above 90. It's, it's back above $90 a barrel. It's uh, at the highest level since uh, the middle of last year. Um, potential for it to go even higher or is this as, about as high as it goes? Well, I think the commodity markets tend to overreact in the near term to new news and the new news was that uh, in, uh, in last month, Saudi Arabia, in the conjunction with the rest of the OPEC, uh, decided to keep some uh, cuts in, in production at that same level throughout the end of this year. It had been anticipated that they would get back to more production in October. They decided to put it off the whole year. That cut the market by surprise. We basically went from 72 to 92 in the period of about a week. So that happened rather rapidly. When you have that big a change in a short period of time, that tends to stabilize. We're likely at the peak of this particular run, and uh, and we'll probably settle back into a range of, call it, you know, at or about $85. I think that level is manageable. If we we keep going and this gets squeezed up to north of 100, people really start getting concerned about how much of the discretionary consumer spending gets, gets yanked out. And it's one more thing for the Fed to be thinking about in terms of their fight against inflation. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, B. Riley Financial, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, why you may want to reverse engineer your fall trip. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, and if you missed out on a summer trip, you may be itching for an autumn adventure. Let's look at some of the best options with Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale. The website is travelbta.com. Com. Angie, thank you for joining us today. And this is this is merely anecdotal. This is stuff that uh, I've been hearing from friends who have been planning trips for maybe late in the fall or over the holidays. And that is, airfares have jumped quite a bit thanks to the run up in uh, in in the in the price of jet fuel. You are absolutely right. It's very unpredictable. We are finding that there's sometimes options. You know, take Chicago for example. There's options to take a round-trip direct flight to Europe that's more affordable than, say, Cabo, Hawaii, or even the Caribbean, which we think traditionally is going to be more affordable. So what are some places, if you want to uh, really just do that fall getaway, you couldn't do the summer getaway, what are some uh, uh, options you can do right now that won't break the bank? A lot of destinations, you know, we're looking at shoulder season, so you're going to avoid the crowds. So right there, you've got added value. And then secondly, you know, I like to use the word reverse engineering. When airfare becomes too large of a component of your overall trip costs, let's look at airfare before planning the destination. So traditionally, you might say, oh, I want to go to Hawaii. I want to go on a 
you know, a cruise, maybe it's a river cruise, but instead of picking the destination, let's look that's going to give you the best value on airfare. We had a group of couples looking to go to the Caribbean and the airfare was insane. And instead we rerouted them to Miami. We were able to, you know, the couples were able to book flights with points and they took a Virgin Voyage cruise, which is a great option for adults only. So you kind of have to be a little bit creative if you want to get the best value for your dollar. And some of your suggestions, uh, you might almost call them counterintuitive cities that uh, usually, you know, seem fairly pricey. They aren't at this time of year, beginning with New York. York. Exactly. And, you know, obviously New York becomes less attainable into the November, December holiday season. It becomes very expensive. So going in October or going in March is really ideal in terms of cost savings and avoiding crowds. I'd also look at London because London is one of those destinations if you can get a really good flight and obviously you can put flights on hold for 20 hours. You also have that that's one area where the airlines are generous. They do have um, flexible policies within the 24 hours to cancel flights. But London has so many different hotel options. Those traveling on a budget versus those that really want that ultra luxury experience. You know, I think of Jamera, for example. But you really do have these opportunities to maybe book that flight and have a little bit of peace of mind that you're going to be able to turn around and get uh, your accommodations and your activities booked. And um, you can kind of sometimes do that last minute because we do know that that. The airfares, you know, they're fluid, but when you have supply demand issues, sometimes you do um, have that opportunity to receive airfare at a lower price as we get closer to your travel date. So is there a day of the week when it's a good idea to pull out the laptop, maybe pour a glass of wine and start fantasizing about uh, going on an autumn trip somewhere? Well, rumor has it Tuesdays and Thursdays are good days to book air, but I'm finding that that's really not always the case because it is so specific to destinations. And we're also learning that the business travel market has changed quite substantially. We're not competing with the business market like we were years ago. So, you know, one of the, the, the you know recommendations that I make is just kind of being a little bit more fluid and open-minded. So when you're looking to plan that trip, maybe you allow yourself a two- to three-day cushion on the front end and back end to really maximize what's available as far as air um, availability, as far as the best flight option, and then comparing that also to the value on the price. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors in Scottsdale, Arizona. Find her online, travelbta.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, famous crayon maker Crayola is branching out. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Pennsylvania-based Crayola heading in the new territory with an online flower shop. We're joined by Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business reporter. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today it would it would it would follow that if you have a box of 64 crayons with 64 different (laughs) colors that eventually some of those colors could be applied to flowers somewhere (laughs) yeah that it would follow that but you would be surprised at the things crayola is involved in um, which has to do with what they call their uh, colors of kindness and it's something they've been kind of working on for a few years in terms of extending licenses for things like that. The, the flower thing is, is new, obviously, and it's tied to a fundraiser thing. So basically, and I, ha- I had a little trouble figuring out exactly what it was they were doing, <clears throat> excuse me, but 
If you, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, I belong to a church guild at St. Paul the Cross, and we, if we decide we're going to do a fundraiser and we hook up with uh, Crayola's colors of, you know, of kindness, anytime somebody orders flowers from this flower shop, ten to fifteen percent of it comes to our guild that we already have earmarked for some special reason. So that's how this works. But more important, it really talks about how how much business stuff Crayola is into. Remember that Crayola is owned by uh, is owned by Hallmark. It's a privately held company. It's been around forever, and um, it's you know, and Hallmark, of course, you know, has the Hallmark channels, and then all, not of course all the the greeting cards and such. But Crayola has just really spread out to a number of different things. I mean, they have something like twenty seven to thirty different licenses out there for things like bath crayons, uh, floss for kids. They do a lot of things with kids and trying to use kids. You know, using their colors, uh, you know, with creativity and, you know, it's really what Crayola is synonymous with kids in color and creativity. But they've also doing things like they're they're hooked up with Zumba, Zumba to have an apparel line that's like dance in color. And it's, you know, about giving kids an opportunity to like look at color and be creative in it, and then obviously things like that. But they're also t- they're also hooked up with Crocs, for example, the shoes, where they have different colors and that. So it's really about them extending their brand in a way that, you know, helps bring about color, color of kindness is what they're doing, and just really looks at different things. They've also got a Crayola Studios, too, which is this whole entertainment content. So this shouldn't really surprise us. It's a new take on how to do flowers because Hallmark has its own flower thing. But, um, you know, they've got more things in the works. So I say stay tuned on this one. If if, if colors exist, chances are Crayola has its fingers in it, and uh, that extends to flowers. And in this case, it's also a fundraiser. Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business reporter, thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.